Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. Hi, I'm Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career facilitator in the Luriel School Division. And we're here again with our podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. We just keep rolling along. And we're very proud of our special producer team here at the Luriel Arts and Tech Center. I'm joined, as usual, and ably by Zoe Kruk Kruzik. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Zoe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? All right. So, Zoe, we had to relocate here. Like, we're in a different place. We're in the student services area because the whole broadcast media program, which is one of the great programs in which they're learning and getting this special certificate to venture out into the world, that place is all booked up. Why is that place booked up? Why can't we use it? Um, so, we're practicing setups for a football game on Friday. So, you guys, are, you guys are producing and what? Creating, what, you're streaming a football game? Yeah. From where? Uh, Dakota. You see where the podcast stands in, in, in the hierarchy of importance. We've been shuffled off to a small little table in the student services area, but it's a beautiful table. And we have Akira Sakaki, who's a Windsor Park grad. Yes, I am. Also, and that's uh, our guest today is also from Windsor Park. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm very good. Now, this is a busy time for you because of that football. You're all involved in that football gig, right? Yeah, not only that, we're also doing, like, Every night we're doing volleyball games too, so yeah. And school never ends for us. Right after school we go do now, volleyball games. But but I love this because we're in the Luriel Arts and Technology Center. There's 13 applied learning and apprenticeship programs here, and this is the gem. This for me, this is the great program among the 13. They're all very good. The broadcast media program. This is the program where you really stretch your skills. What kind of skills do you think you guys are getting out of this? Uh, work ethic. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Work ethic is not really a skill. You just got to come with it. What do you think you're getting good at, I guess, is the question. Broadcasting. I know, but what kinds of things in broadcasting? Uh, no. Professionalism. Yeah. Yeah, it's a skill. There you go. Okay. So you'll be able to go to a football game, stream it, and hook this up when you leave this place. Uh, well, that's, that's the goal, I guess. That's the yeah. goal. That's we're, the goal. We're still trying to sort out some things for Friday. but That's good. Well, we'll that's what you do. Out. That's yep. the great problem-solving moment of your life where... This is what regular school doesn't do for you, right? You're having to problem solve because you have real audiences and you really have to be on top of this and get it right. Yeah. So very proud of you guys. It's my great privilege to work with you as always. And uh, we're working with you guys till the end of this semester. So I'm already feeling sad about losing you. But very grateful that you're here today. We have a special guest today. His name is Sean Singh. Sean Singh is a former student of mine from 2009 at Windsor Park Collegiate. So we blazed a trail for you, Akira. Sean Singh, how you doing, sir? Doing very well. Doing very well. Thanks for having me today. Oh, we're super excited to have you because I've been following your career path a bit. And we, I'm, I'm your old English teacher, and uh, you're my former student. And so we, we, we connect with each other every few years. Is that about right? Yeah, I would say so. It's, uh, it's wonderful every time you get the chance. Yeah, it's always good. So tell us where what you've been doing, what you've been up to, what you're doing right now. We're going to go back in time, Sean, and just, we always like to go back to those high school days, and we're going to start talking about how you got here. And that's the purpose of this podcast, how you got here, what decisions you made, what did you overcome, what challenges did you, did you foresee, and 
what stuff are you trying to work towards? So tell us where you're at right now, real quickly. Yeah, of course, I'd be happy to. So like you like you mentioned, uh, I graduated an eon ago. I uh, went to Winter Park Collegiate and uh, graduated in 2009. I uh, still think fondly back on uh, the classes that we got to take together, and I think it really helped me uh, uh, develop some of my skills in writing, which is really helpful in law school. Uh, so uh, I'm a law student. I'm at uh, Robson Hall at the University of Manitoba. And uh, to get there, I did some time uh, doing a criminology degree at the University of Manitoba as well. I like how you say you did some time. Was that a pun? <laughs> Maybe that's a play on my criminology experience. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was definitely fun, but uh, still still some labor, like that work ethic that the cure and Zoe were just talking about. But uh, yeah, so I still live in the neighborhood, Windsor Park. And, uh, I've got a ponytail, so if anybody sees me around, like happy to chat with folks. Yeah, but you but, just got uh, married. Yeah, so, hold on, hold on. You just got married. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up. To yeah, I've been with my uh, to your high school sweetheart. And uh, yeah, you were even a part of that experience. Uh, it was uh, really fun. I tuned in. It was a virtual marriage just in the summertime. It was so cool. You did a, a Hindu marriage, yes, and then what? Uh, what? Uh, what would you call it? You did two versions. Uh, yeah, right? so we did a Hindu wedding, which yes. like took five or six days, and then we did yes. a, a traditional Christian wedding at the yes. Winnipeg Art Gallery. Yes, and it's absolutely fantastic. I will say that was the best moment of my life, and uh, my wife was obviously very, very, very happy to hear that. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm married this summer, so I get to wear a ring now. That's very cool. That's that's so fulfilling. And those moments when uh, you decide we're going to venture together, those are great things. Zoe and Akira, I bet you can't wait for those moments. Uh, <laughs> <I don't laughs> know about that. No, I don't know. Zoe's saying, forget it. I, Akira's rolling his eyes. I've got a couple of deer well, in the headlights here. Anyway, that was no pressure. No pressure. Yeah, could, uh, could but I guess I should say this talk. Thank you, thank you, and no, I, uh, yeah, I, I met her at. Uh... No, I was going to say congrats Sorry, on that because it was it's uh, it's such a an incredible moment in your life. But talk about that. Talk about your your high school life. Yeah, so like I met my wife in high school, and uh, I got to live a really great experience doing the career internship program and really getting into uh, uh, all of the different skills that you can learn uh, under your mentorship and the mentors that we had there. So it was uh, really great to get into that kind of stuff. And uh, while I was at high school. Like, I, I, I will be honest, I, I had a little bit of trouble uh, while I was getting on track with my journey. Uh, and I think that that was related to uh, how I see things. And uh, something that I saw while I was in this high school experience is that I saw things differently. Uh, it didn't really uh, make sense to me at that time, but seeing things differently seemed like a weakness then. But now that I, I've been able to really develop that kind of perspective, uh, seeing things differently can really bring value to different teams. And uh, I think that was one of the big things that I learned while I was at, at high school. Well, that's a, so, you, you know what, Sean, that's a pretty powerful thing you said. You saw the world differently and you weren't appreciated for it. You, how, so how did you feel when you, when you offered this different perspective, but you didn't feel like it was being recognized or acknowledged? Uh, yeah. And I'm glad that you asked. Cause uh, like you say, I have, I had a bit of a hard time seeing things uh, the way that was being taught. And uh, like we worked through different class material. I wasn't really connected to it because I was trying to figure it out, but it wasn't being communicated in a way that I got. And so I took a different approach to learning different things and uh, needed to take different steps to really make sure that I understood. While I was in that high school experience, I kept looking for new ways to really bond with what I needed to learn. And uh, I, I, had great experiences with you, other teachers like uh, Mr. Gross, Mr. Chapman. I hope they're still part of the team. It'd be great to see them sometime. But uh, at the same time, I also got to uh, 
uh, adventure and learn about uh, different opportunities in different places in the community. Like I got a job at Southfield McDonald's. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, a place that many of your uh, your listeners have been to. And uh, I got to build different skills related to that kind of stuff too. Well, it's interesting about your McDonald's experience. I recall you working at McDonald's. I've never seen someone so dedicated to working at McDonald's. Like you were the McDonald's machine. Like that was taking up. How many hours did you work a week there in high school? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm very proud of this. But one time I made, uh, like I was working 60 hours, 50 hours a week. It was just fun. And I got to apply some of the skills that I learned in high school. And I got to work with a bunch of my friends. But uh really got to build that team understanding and that kind of stuff. Uh, so one of these funny stories, like I even made more than the restaurant manager one week because I was just working so much and I didn't even realize it. It was just so much fun being able to be part of that team and put the system to work. So how are you able to juggle like working 50 to 60 hours a week and high school at the same time? Because that sounds like such a difficult task to do. And that's totally a fair question. Like I would say that uh, rather than working 50 hours every week, I worked at touch and go. But uh, balancing it out, like sometimes I didn't get enough sleep, but I always came to class. And uh, I'm sure Mr. Magnifico or uh, even Mr. Gross would come by and wake me up every now and then. That's not a great lesson. I probably even shouldn't be saying that too much. Yeah, you were out of it sometime, man. Like you were tired. You were tired in the day because you you put a lot of time in. You were going day and night in school and then off to uh, McDonald's. And then I involved you because you were in the career internship program, which is this internship program where you're connecting to professionals in the community. We were pushing you out those doors too. So you were, you were really busy in high school. But what was it like? The irony of that is you made more than your restaurant manager. You became the manager. Yeah. Like how, I, uh, how old were I, you when you became the manager? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I became a, uh, an assistant manager, so salaried when I was 18. And uh, that was because I really connected with different staff and really, like, uh, understood what their issues were and being able to bring people together to drive the results that the business was looking for. So at 18, I ended up becoming an assistant manager, and uh, I ended up buying a sweet sports car, which I will always oh, be fond of. Oh, I remember of. that. I remember that. What, was, what, what kind of car was that? Uh, I, I bought an Audi S4. I bought it in, on debit, which is uh, <laughs> uh, maybe not so great of a choice, but it was pretty fun to get the car. Oh, you love and, that car, uh, man. You love that car. I still got it. And some people think I should probably get rid of it, but that's another a question for another time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got to manage at McDonald's and uh, I ended up working up with that company and became a restaurant manager and uh, got to do a lot of cool things. And uh, that spanned from my time in high school, but uh, I got to work with a lot of my classmates, got to learn how to be a team member as well as a leader and uh, how to, again, uh, figure out what the issues are and how to really drive the business. I ended up managing eight different restaurants around the city and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Eight different restaurants? Yeah, That's and like I could even tell you, <laughs> I actually, while I'm going on about this, I do have a funny story about McDonald's. Did you know that there is the uh, the McDonald's Olympics? No, I never knew that. I, I can't believe yeah. there is. That, that was going to be my question. Like I read it in the little write-up that you gave us. Uh, I wanted to know what exactly is the McDonald's Olympics. Yeah, well, I'd be happy to tell you a little bit about that. So uh, the McDonald's Olympics is an owner-operator convention. They do that uh, in a different location around the world. And uh, I got to compete with the uh, Canadian Kitchen. And so, as a, uh, as a selected representative for Manitoba, I got to go down to Florida and uh, work with 700 different people from Canada. We put together a, uh, what is the model system and uh, then had to critique that system 
and make a business optimization plan to be, to be presented to the worldwide executive board uh, to make claims about how we can improve the business. And then we had to compete against all of the other kitchens around the world. Oh, that's an amazing, so, uh, that's an amazing project. It's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, I did get an interesting award. I'm apparently, or at least at that time, I definitely can't do it these days. I was uh, the fastest sandwich wrapper, uh, and I got a gold medal for that, so that was pretty fun. And uh, the Canadian jurisdiction, we ended up winning gold medals for service and delivery and all that other kind of stuff. And if I were to give you a funny piece of information, if you ever have a fry from McDonald's that curves, it's from Manitoba. Wow. That's amazing. You, you you got the gold medal, and you're the fastest sandwich wrapper. Is anyone like they timed you and everything, right? Yeah, exactly. I could wrap uh, I could wrap uh, three sandwiches in uh, in five seconds, something like that. Wow. So these might be Olympic records that still stand today. Do you ever look back on that stuff? I, I I have the opportunity. I haven't looked back in a little while, but I think that's fun. But I will say, I did get to hold the FIFA World Cup because of that competition. That thing is heavy. You mean the, uh, so- will tell you the for sure. FIFA Soccer World Cup? That That's thing? right. You you held the real one. I did because uh, McDonald's is a sponsor, like they sponsor everything. So they ended up bringing down the cup for us to uh, for us to hold as the winning team. So <laughs> yeah, I, I still think Tommy back on it often. That's amazing, Sean. How long ago was that, Sean, when you competed in this? Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. I think that was 2012, 2013. Oh, yeah, so that's a, long time. a little while. I'd be a young whippersnapper. Oh yeah, you were you were probably tiny you don't have the gray hair you don't have any of those pieces you have now that that give you a little distinctiveness uh, i probably wouldn't even have the ponytail that i've been talking so fondly of already i'm curious about this experience with mcdonald's now like was that a touch tone experience that sounds huge how, how did that influence you moving forward that experience uh the mcdonald's experience yeah even uh, like, like so it, it sounds huge a huge part of your life so it, it really was and like i would say it was a, a really big part of my identity and being able to like form that uh, idea of adulthood when I was uh, going through high school and becoming an adult, and uh, I, like I like I mentioned, I learned a lot of great skills working with others, being able to communicate, being a leader, things like that. But at the same time, I also got to experience some of the darker sides of working with others. Uh, one story that was kind of negative that I think that uh, ended up turning into a motivation for me was I had a boss at one time and. Like I said, I became this restaurant manager and working with many others responsible for the performance and things like that. And I had this boss, and he had particular views about how the business should run and uh, totally entitled and all that other kind of stuff. And we had some conversations about what he wanted to make happen in the business. And while he was discussing these things with me and giving me direction on how I can uh, improve my team, I found that his approach took particular focus on certain members of the team and that focus and his interest in removing them wasn't related to business performance. Mm. And so like I, uh, I investigated that a little bit and I tried to find out what was going on and I ended up discovering and coming to terms with this fellow. He, he wanted me to discriminate against my own staff oh, and geez. to make decisions. It was pretty unfortunate, but, uh, he basically wanted me to remove these people because they didn't fit his vision. Yeah, they didn't find um, this picture of uh, what it, what it should look like, what the world should right. look like, right? Like what a service person could be, or who belongs in the kitchen, and other things like that. And that just didn't fit too well with me. So I uh, I investigated it and tried to find a, a way to discuss this meaningfully with him. 
And after a few discussions, I found that he was committed to that idea and he was committed to making me make that happen. So unfortunately I had to leave the team. Oh, so you, and you, like, you left McDonald's over that. I did. Okay. Uh, that's something like uh, my parents, they came to this country because uh, of the freedom that we enjoy and like how we treat others. And I don't think I can support that, especially in a job like that. Like for me, that just shows your character, man. You, you took a stand and you said, that's just not right. You're discriminating. That's, that, that's just not right. And I'm going to make a call on it. And you only make a call when you do something with the behavior, right? And you decided to leave. I think that's pretty powerful. So congrats on that. But now you leave from there. Are you feeling down? Like, are you feeling like, oh, what do I do now? What was going through your head? Because you were going to university at the time too, weren't you? Yeah, I was. And I was trying to find my path. And uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can go through university. And I guess I should take a moment and say, like, uh, to any student out there, when you get into university, don't think you got to figure it out off the hop. Like, get in there, start feeling around, see what feels fun and what's enjoyable to learn. And you'll find your, you'll find your step. But yeah, I was going to university and I uh, had to come to terms with this reality that, you know, some business people make don't. But when you think about this, you left McDonald's. Had you not left McDonald's there, do you think you'd still be there? Like if that, if that scenario didn't happen, do you think, like, were you looking at McDonald's as this is going to be the path? At one time, I did think that, you know, it's a great job and that I could have made a really substantial future with that team, uh, being able to do management, trained, supported, and the kinds of uh, benefits that they really give to their employees to help them have that, like, positive lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, that stuff is all really fantastic. So I could have stayed in that team, but uh, unfortunately, this yes. fellow interrupted yes. that investment for them. Yeah, but it turned out to be amazing. Like, you took your stand and you you, wanted, you went through university and searched around. So what did university give you as, as you searched around? What kinds of things stuck to you? We talk about stuff here. In, our, in this podcast about collecting dots all the time. You're collecting all these dots and certain things about your experiences are sticking to you, others are not, right? And you move forward and you take the best and you just keep looking and searching. You follow your nose a bit, right? Like a bunny. Yeah, so when you left McDonald's, you're going through university. What are you figuring out about yourself? Yeah, and I think that uh, my discriminatory experience at McDonald's was formative in the sense that, you know, like uh, I wanted to make change. And I, I, like I said earlier, I have immigrant parents that came here from Guyana, America, came here for a better life. And uh, I wanted to really, like, find out how I could make a difference related to preventing that kind of stuff from affecting others. Because we're a nation of immigrants. People will come. And at the same time, we need to make sure that they have that success and are accepted. So I uh, was in the University of Manitoba trying to figure things out. Uh, I did some natural sciences. I really loved microbiology. And to anyone out there, that is a great uh, field and very interesting. Uh, did things like that, uh, some religion, uh, which is also very interesting. And ended up finding my pace with things related to political science, history, and sociology. But, you know, that took a little bit of searching. And while I was working through those subjects, I, uh, I found that uh, I really connected well with the different theories that are out there about uh, structural factors, how those things can play into creating discriminatory outcomes, and uh, also how history can play into those things, as well as how those issues can be managed and create change, where if we change that structure, then we can end up uh, creating positive benefits for people who may be disadvantaged. So I got to kind of learn about that at the University of Manitoba, sociology, criminology, and uh, all of those subject matters, even though it doesn't seem like it, they kind of come together under that criminological banner. So 
criminology is basically a study of antisocial behavior and how antisocial behavior can be codified into law and how we, uh, how measures are taken to either uh, increase or decrease that particular type of behavior or manage it. Jeez, you sound like a so, university professor there, Sean. I like it. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I, uh, <laughs> the language is slipping into my... Listen, I'm thinking back to when you're in grade 11 and, and you're doing physics and you're half asleep in the class. and I'm just so impressed with everything you're saying. I'm hanging on every word. This is amazing, man. I love it. I want to say also that I asked for a few notes on, hey, Sean, give us a few notes in your life. And Sean has provided the team here with a five-page, single-spaced, small dissertation on his life that I want to say as your English teacher, I'd give you an A-plus on. This is one of the better essays that you've ever done for me. So congratulations on all this. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, wow, you are profound, man. You've come a long way. And I love this notion of I want to change things. So what you went into, well, before you get into law, what did you, I get a sense of what you want to change. There's some really unhealthy practices out there about how people relate to one another. And you're taking all the courses that are connecting you to those perspectives, correct? Uh, like uh, the big thing for me was really being able to hone in on this idea of bias and uh, like discrimination happens, but also at the same time, like people mean to do well and they want to do good by others and they want to be able to bring people together. And, you know, you have the bad, the odd bad apple, like that boss that I was talking about before. But in the general sense, like uh, uh, certain dispositions, they just don't include certain perspectives. And because those perspectives aren't included, sometimes they end up just falling by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. And so with that, I wanted to really like be able to make uh, us be able to draw attention to these different perspectives so that they're included in decision-making processes. And if they're included, then they can be accounted for. You no, know, that's awesome. So you're all about community. You're about bringing people together. You're, you want to make the world a better place. So you're into... That's exactly right. I love it. I love it. So you decide at what point I want to go into law school. When do you decide that? Uh, so like getting into law school, it, uh, it took some decision making. I uh, did some volunteering at uh, the university. I learned more about those uh, different topics. And while I was getting into the idea of criminology and how that really could fit into this idea of change. I uh, connected the training that I had as a system manager while I was at McDonald's with the content I was learning at school to really see how structural uh, decision-making could influence those outcomes, especially in terms of criminality, but also with government. So I learned while I was in university about the uh, power of uh, uh, the effective power structures and how those things can organize our lives. And, uh, while doing so, I was also encouraged by faculty to share that perspective and to kind of uh, uh, work with different community organizations and volunteer groups to be able to share that knowledge. So mm -hmm. group uh, professors like Susan Prentice, Mara Fredell, uh, Tracy Peter, Russell Smandich, I fondly call them Smandy, uh, they really helped me in really seeing that I had this perspective. And then I started to work in different community groups to uh, share that knowledge that I have. So uh, a few examples would be like uh, the Manitoba uh, Association for Rights and Liberties. So I got to do some work with them and uh, learning about human rights and how those things are operationalized or not here in Manitoba. And I uh, also got involved politically, and I got to work with the uh, Liberal Party of Canada. So uh, my involvement with them was a part of my educational experience. I uh, took political science and really loved it. And while I was doing that, I had a chance to uh, connect with uh, different members of different parties and learn about like what work they do and what their uh, perspective is on governance. And I really connected with the Liberal Party. I thought that their uh, 
the politics uh, connected with the values that I wanted to see in my community. So I started volunteering uh, in St. Bonaventure St. Patel and then Winnipeg South and uh, really uh, had a great time. Uh, I, it may seem a bit trite to say, well, but talking to your neighbors can really just be fun. Yes, yes. Well, that's a natural extension, right? And you also connected with Jim Carr. Like, weren't you on his team? And he's one of Manitoba's prominent ministers, right? So what effect did Jim Carr have on you, watching him work? Because he's, he's got a great story of all the work he does in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Yeah, I, w- I would say that uh, it was really inspiring being able to work for such a, uh, a renowned leader, but also he's just a really cool guy. He connected with me. Uh, we spoke about like our vision on like what Manitoba could be. And uh, he also spoke to me, interestingly, and connected to my own experience. He spoke to me about like his, ex- his uh, the discrimination that some members of the Jewish community end up uh, facing and some of his own life experiences in the mm-hmm. 50s, 70s, and facing those kinds of things. So he really connected over how those experiences affected his life and some of the experiences I had. But uh, in, a, in an alternative sense, we also got to build on those and really like look at how we could serve the community better because we had an understanding that these problems took place. So, yes, I got to work with uh, Minister Carr. I was his constituency assistant in Winnipeg South Centre, and uh, I got to work with community members there. And because he was uh, a federal minister, the, the federal minister here in the province, I got to touch on all kinds of governmental issues. I got to work at an intergovernmental level, working with the province, working with the city, and working with uh, all kinds of different organizations that are in the neighborhood. And I got to touch on different matters that are important to them, connect them to different government programs, and then to also uh, try and resolve issues, even if government wasn't really involved. And uh, really rewarding experience, and you'd be surprised what kind of change you can make with the power of Google, (laughs) or uh, alternatively, the, uh, the power that comes with uh, being able to connect people with some level of authority. But uh, yeah, so I got to do that kind of work. And I will say one interesting story that, that, uh, uh, that, I, that I do have about that role is uh, I got to do things even around the world because he, uh, he was a federal minister. So when he was minister of international trade diversification, I had an experience where I got to work with uh, staff of the OECD and I got to coordinate the Canadian presence of uh, at an international trade engagement was taking place in Israel. So I got to work with people from countries around the world to be able to figure out who's going to be at this seminar and uh, yes, how they yes. can interact with the different ministers and things. So it's really interesting. And uh, even just catching how those things, how uh, different parlance and other things that those people would expect. See, that's amazing, Sean. See, one of the great things I listen to is that, as I think about this path you talk about is the amount of trust that you've developed with, some, with, with people along your path and they take you in and they, they share stories and they build you into their sense of community. And then you move forward with all that. And you're just so much stronger. Would you say the people you've met have just made you stronger mentorship-wise? No doubt in my mind. Anytime that I get to, uh, like I've got many mentors on this uh, roadmap, yes. like with Jim Carr's team, got to work with Rebecca Parkinson and uh, Charlotte Johnson. Yes. And the two of them, they, they helped me learn what it took to be an administrator. And it took the time, but at the same time, I also got to be a part of their team and really work to help others see how we could affect these things. And I had a lot of great mentorship experiences outside of uh, even working at Jim Carr's office. I don't want to cut you off a bit here. I want to make sure you talk about your law experience a bit, though, and some of the cool things you're doing <laughs> in law right now, because I don't want to cut, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to make sure we get that part in, because you've done some good things 
you're in your third year of law. You've done some good things in your law practicum and program. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I'm just enjoying talking to you so much. I know. It's been a little I can, bit, no, you're, little bit of a while. No, you're I apologize. a great talker. I, I just want to make sure when, you know, when I'm hauled into court, you're my lawyer, okay? Because I, <laughs> I I think you'll talk that judge of the year off. I think it'll be perfect. All right, he's innocent. Get him out of here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments. It has its moments. You got to no, know how to lay out the right and, argument, right? And I want to tell you that's one of your great skills. I, lo- I could listen to you all day long. This is awesome. I just I'm worried about the time, I, I, and I, I want to make sure we we get some of your best stuff in. Talk about your law piece of here and, and some of the cool things you've done in law that have really shaped you and are, are helping you move forward. Yeah, well, uh, uh, perfect segue talking about uh, my experience at Jim Carr, learning about discrimination, other things like that. So I really connected with this idea of creating change at the governance level, and so I uh, decided that uh, I've been great in this role, and I think it'd be a good way forward. So I decided to take the LSAT, and uh, the LSAT's an aptitude test that you need to take to get into uh, law school, and that that thing is not easy. That thing is quite tough, and uh, the law it's like its own language, and uh, it takes uh, effort to learn about what it is and how to identify those issues and all that other kind of stuff. And uh, so I committed to this test. It took me a long time. I had to take a few tries and all that other kind of thing, but I was successful, and I did end up getting into law school. And uh, so while in there, you know, it's a three-year program. You get to learn about different areas of law, and then you get to really drive into where your niche will be. And I really connected to the public areas of law. So looking at criminal law, constitutional law, and administrative law. And looking at these issues, I, uh, interestingly, was able to articulate these issues uh, related to discrimination in the context of rights and how we have human rights. And a lot of them are codified into the, uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedom. And so the, that really plays through in criminal law, constitutional, and in the administrative context. So I got to work with mentors like uh, Karen Busby, who is fantastic, and she's uh, uh, retiring this year. So if you get to see her, let's say congratulations. And uh, Professor Brandon Trapp, uh, they worked with me to uh, understand how these things uh, operate, as well as how to really express how those uh, concepts really come together. And so I uh, got to hone my understanding of how rights work in relation to uh, discrimination, bias, and other things like that. And uh, then I also got to apply that knowledge in different student organizations and around the university. So I uh, got to work with groups like the Manitoba Law Students Association, and uh, also did uh, some group uh, work with faculty members, had to bring in guest speakers, and uh, worked with external stakeholders, uh, so different organizations at the school or in the community, to bring them into the law school to raise awareness about uh, how these issues are affecting people in Winnipeg, people in Manitoba, and also how we as lawyers, as professionals, can really make a difference in relation to that. So an example of uh, an example of what I got to do with some of those groups is I brought a speaker panel of uh, Black, Indigenous, or person of color uh, legal practitioners, and they all came to talk about the realities of race in the courts and in the legal system generally. And uh, as well as their experiences about how to work with those kinds of things. Yes. yes. And building from that, I even got to uh, make some change at the faculty level and uh, increase the number of BIPOC representation that happens on decision-making communities or committees. There, you are. You are all about. Um, you see something wrong, or you see a problem, you want to fix it. You want to work on it. And I think you've discovered through your your education, your McDonald's experience, things take time. You have to nurture them. You have to build them. You have to build relationships. You have to build your team and, and your community. 
and that's how to affect change. Is that a reasonable thing to say? I would say so, because as much as a vision is a vision, yes, uh, it, it, to make that vision a reality, it takes buy-in from others, and at the same time, that requires connection with others to yes. be able to yes. share what that message is and then bring them on board. So yeah. yeah, being able to connect with other people is critical. No, well, that's pretty cool. Like you've got a, you've got an amazing resume here. I mean, I, I'll flip to page four of your little dissertation you gave us, and there's all kinds of, uh, there's all kinds of interesting little tidbits you give me. You are such a reflective person. Did you think in high school you would be thinking this way? Or did you just feel confused? Or what should I well, do? I will, what were you thinking? I had no clue. I was, uh, I was in class yes. trying to figure it out. And it was uh, it was just a guessing game to try and find that path. I, and, and I remember in the program here, we threw you into the hovercraft project. You were building a hovercraft and you were creating things. And I think of where you are now. All of these experiences and the confusion, as long as you're on the path and you're collecting enough dots that you can think about them to start connecting them, Boy, things turn out for you. And I think you're still on that path. Like, you you still don't know where the path is going to lead. But because you're building the network and you're building the experiential base, you're going to start connecting those dots as you are in, in even more profound ways. I think something cool is going to happen to you down the road, Sean. I don't know what, but I think something's going to cool. But I, I wanted to make sure we got back to that high school piece because I'm looking at Akira. Akira, do you know exactly what you want to do? Uh, I have an idea of what I want to do, yes. but um, not... Like set exactly. in stone, you know? exactly. And you're still thinking, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're in the broadcast media. They want to move into different places. They see where these jobs lead. Sean, those are good things. Hey, you know what? It's time for the whip it round. I'm going to turn it over to us. Zoe, yeah. us, the us, the us the is going to get it. So all you have to do, Sean, all right. don't, don't think about the answers, okay? These are one word right. answers, my friend. Okay, do not overthink this. All right. Are you okay, ready? I will not. I swear, one I'm ready. Time, go. Here, you ready, Zoe? Sure. Um, ketchup or mustard? Oh, ketchup, for sure. Pi does pineapple belong on pizza? Pineapple on pizza? I love pineapple on pizza. All right, That's a senior thing. Okay. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, crunchy. Is a glass half full or half empty? Always half full. And what's your favorite restaurant? Well, I have to say McDonald's after this story. <laughs> That's right, you better yeah. say McDonald's. <laughs> and I want some coupons. Anyway. All right, Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> I, I got some for you. <laughs> Uh, Star Trek, geez, Trapman went to space. Right Messy on. or clean desk? Messy. Uh, what is your favorite potato chip? Uh, sour cream and onion. Summer or winter? Summer. Dream vacation location? Uh, the Caribbean. Uh, favorite day of the week? Weirdly Wednesday. Chicken or steak? Or fish? Chicken. Or fish. Fish is an option too. All right. Uh, I would take fish. All right then. You just got whipped. <laughs> well, we say whooped around here, right? We got whooped. Ah, ah, ah. Anyway, there like you go. It. You just got whooped on the whip around. Anyway, those are little little tidbits. People get to know you in a little different way, right? Um, hey, you know what, Sean? Hey, fantastic. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. I want to say you're a very gifted talker. And I, I mean that with great sincerity. You weren't like this in high school. You were smart and introspective. <laughs> and you were a listener, and you held back a little bit. Is it, like That's what I saw a bit. Like You asserted when you had to. I just think something's good going to happen to you because you are connecting your dots and you're choosing experiences and you're, you're finding mentors that are really helping you get to the heart of who you are, what's important to you and what will be important. What I really like about you too is you don't think about yourself. You're thinking of the community and you're thinking of the larger picture of, for example, your discriminatory um, experiences, some of them you've had that you want to act on. That's awesome stuff, man. I'm, I'm just so proud of you as your teacher, your former teacher. I'm so proud. Hey, well. 
I appreciate it. And I'm uh, glad to live up to the expectation. It's, right. uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we're all part of the community, right? Right. And, well, this is yeah. awesome. And you know what? Now that you've given us this essay, we also have this artifact. Now we will hold to other people saying, we're looking for an essay like this. Oh, no. Ah, geez. Oh, ah, geez. No. We'll, we'll never get another guy in the podcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably come and chase me out of Windsor Park after all that. Yeah. Geez, oh, my goodness. Who did this? A guy named Sean Singh. We'll hunt him down. That's what they'll do. Anyway. Yeah, geez. Oh, yeah. not too far, anyway. Hey, you were awesome today. You are just a, a gem of a person. It's, all, it's, it's our privilege to hear you today. I'm so, honestly, I'm just so ecstatic about what you're doing and just so proud about the path you're taking. And I have every, every, every belief that you're going to make some difference in this world. And I think you already are. So congratulations, Sean. And I want to tell everyone that is it for Adventures in Careerland. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week.